The Critical Care PRN is dedicated to fostering the role of critical care pharmacists as essential members of the multidisciplinary patient care team. The Critical Care PRN's goal is to optimize drug therapy outcomes by promoting excellence and innovation in clinical pharmacy practice, research, and education. For more information, including how to become a member, go to critprn.accp.com. Again, that website is critprn.accp.com. Welcome to Pharmacy to Dose, the critical care podcast, a partner of the ACCP Critical Care PRN and a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Nick Peters. Wherever you are and however you are listening, thank you. And this is a mini recap of the ACCP annual meeting 2023 up to this point. You may be thinking to yourself, wait a second, Nick, I thought you did a full recap, a full episode with a conference correspondent. You're absolutely correct. Um, but uh, my conference correspondent, Fluid Steward Anthony Hawkins, doesn't arrive till tomorrow. Um, and I got in late on Saturday, and I kind of went through and I, I uh, sat through a lot of the things today. I got some thoughts, some notes, some ideas, um, and then also a couple highlights of things that I picked up from Saturday. Now, you may say, say, wait a second, how did you get those, right? Talking to people could be Twitter, could have been the handouts that were available, those kinds of things. But all in all, we'll do a quick recap here, but that full episode is still very much coming with Anthony. And from Saturday, um, the... Conference starts with like the welcome and a keynote address. And and uh, there was some controversy to the original keynote speaker. I'm not going to uh, mention who that person was. I don't, I don't like to elevate them, give them a platform. But there was such strong feedback that they changed to a keynote panel. Um, and the panel featured uh, five pharmacists. And um, it talks about evidence-based decision-making, so contemporary issues in interpreting evidence to guide therapeutic decision-making. And, you know, they had these at the last minute, but essentially what they were trying to do, they got these panelists kind of towards the last minute, but they got five ACCP members representing diverse practice settings, right? So we have someone involved in like pharmacotherapy publications, pediatrics, a professor, um, a clinical specialist, those kinds of things. And, and from their specialties and practice settings, they shared experiences and opinions about contemporary issues in interpreting evidence to guide therapeutic decision-making. So really important. And I think that I'm glad that we didn't give that person um, a platform, and I'm glad that we gave um, one to somebody that we should, or to multiple people that we should be listening to that are already advocates and contributed to the profession of pharmacy. Now, of course, Saturday had some of the best clinical sessions. One of the highlights is antiplatelets, anticoagulants, and adverse effects. Oh, my! <laughs> Antithrombotic therapy controversies in clinical practice featuring two of our favorites out of the four, Corinne Berger and Craig Beavers. Uh, so Corinne talked about TPA versus tenecteplase. 
um, highlighted two new studies that I hadn't necessarily seen before. Um, talk about important considerations when making a change from one thrombolytic to another, and then included multiple visuals of different stroke kits, dosing cards, and things to see what colleagues across the country were doing. I thought that was awesome. And then Craig Beavers talked about optimizing antiplatelet regimens in AmCare. And the if you know Craig and how much A, he loves cardiology, but B, how smart he is about it, um, one slide, you'll just see one of his slides and it'll explain everything. It's the history of antiplatelet therapy for PCI. It has all the different trials. I mean, it is truly a magnificent, a beauty to look at. But that's just like, that's the iceberg of this awesome presentation of Craig Beaver's Let It. So what a way to to start it, um, talking about some anticoagulants. Now, that was a good title, but I don't think it was my favorite. So I will, you know, we'll talk about what I thought was my favorite title so far, and it was from Saturday. Um, other notes, um, Bill Dager was a moderator talking about advocacy for the profession of pharmacy. Certainly something important when we think about you know, some of the issues we have or changes we want to make, it kind of starts with with advocacy. Uh, they have a scientific poster session each day. And as always, we're going to have some PharmD research highlights. So I'm not going to talk about it, too many of them or really any of them right now. We'll get to highlight those from the researchers themselves. But the pharmacist brought the heat for sure. I will talk more about it when I talk about my poster rounds. Um, and Ending the day were three um, kind of big sessions, and the emergency medicine peer and focus session. I think it won the title, the title award, status traumaticus. Oh, how good is that? So, uh, shout out to our EM colleagues. Um, status traumaticus updates and evidence based care in trauma. Uh, so, two awesome speakers, Kirsten Kuda talking about open fractures, and Brian Gilbert talking about viscoelastic testing in the ED. Now, uh, a lot of people like to ask what Brian was wearing. I gave you three options, multiple choice um, one, chicken suit, two, a onesie, or three, a Thanksgiving turkey themed suit. I'll give you an answer when we record the full episode, but definitely um, think about it, make a guess yourself, and we'll come back to that. Um, but uh, closing out the day from Saturday in terms of uh, clinical pieces were two focus sessions from other PRNs. Uh, the perioperative PRN had an awesome session. Um Stop the Harm, Periprocedural and Trauma Antithrombotic Management Guideline Updates, Special Considerations, and Stewardship. So uh, Molly Drogi from UC Health talked about contemporary pharmacologic VTE prophylaxis. Sarah Highland came in talking about updates in VTE prophylaxis in orthopedics, as well as implementing pharmacist-led services. And then Carolyn Petrucci uh, from Chicago, then close it out with stop the bleed conservation and stewardship strategies in the acute hemorrhage surgical patient. Um, so I think that's probably a sneaky, awesome presentation. Nothing sneaky about it, actually, now that I say that. Um, what an awesome job from that PRN. And then um, the pulmonary PRN focus session with honorable mention of title, as good as gold updates in COPD management. Um, and then the Saturday uh, ended with the kind of welcoming session. Um, 
I don't think that's the exact, I think the, the technical phrase of it's the opening reception. It's like the welcome set, you know, but yeah, I saw pictures. It looked like there was a good buffet. I know there was a cash bar that was sent out. It looked like it was a good time had by all. And that was kind of the big highlights from Saturday. Now let's get into the day that I was here, which is Sunday. So there weren't as many uh, clinical-themed um, sessions that I went to. There were some. We'll, we'll talk about a couple of them. But this was more about the, you know, the big thing on Sunday was the four-hour awards and recognition ceremony, uh, 8 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. So a couple thoughts here. Uh, that meeting room was so cold. I can't imagine people that run cold how they felt because I run hot and I was freezing. I made the move, you know, when you're camping or maybe even like tailgating where you get coffee, not because you want the caffeine, but because of the warmth. I had to do that towards the end of it. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, And four hours for a meeting is tough. And our attention spans, I don't last that long. Now, I stayed in it for you all, the listeners, to be sure I was able to pass along all of the things and This was despite the Colts playing in Germany while this was happening. Yeah. And uh, shout out Dusty Lynn, who I ran into, sat next to me. He can verify I wasn't streaming the game or anything like that. But uh, what we'll do is uh, I'll highlight a few of the award winners, especially those that are uh, focused in critical care. Maybe talk about some funny notes. We'll get into some of the um, recognition. And then we'll talk about town hall and some of that stuff. So, it, we started off with some of the new awards. So we had the new educator, new clinical practitioner, um, and new and the new investigator award. So um, our new educator award, Paul Boylan, let us know that college means partnership in Latin. Today I learned because I did not know that uh, prior to this ceremony. Uh, Wesley Kuffel shouted out uh, both Chris Bland and Jason Pogue in his speech. Chris Bland, UGAC3, Jason Pogue, friend of the pod from the Mercy Rapid Reaction episode. And the new investigator award slash lecture um, was Zachary Bullman. And uh, the lecture was a, a rationally optimized antibiotic combinations for carbapenem resistant Klebsiella pneumoniae. So uh, talked about, you know, using things like what resistance pattern they were showing, pharmacogenomics, talking about all the cool things that they're doing from a research perspective. So it was, I thought that was great. He also has $4 million in grants. So wow, uh, that was, uh, that was and is still very impressive. Now, two of these three winners have, have associations with University of Buffalo. So I thought it was a miss that we didn't get a Bills Mafia reference, no tables being brought out or anything like that. Um, But then they went into, you know, kind of the non-new awards, right? So the educator award, uh, the clinical, okay, so the clinical practice award, Sonic Pistachia had the best opening. Said as a Philly fan, I didn't think I'd ever get an award in Dallas. Brought the house down. We had been there for about an hour, so that was really, really funny. And then his story was even more awesome, talking about how he worked in Kenya, all the great things he's done to advance practice there. So, I mean, that was awesome. And then the Russell R. Miller Award winner following right after that was Amit Pai, and he was talking about how um, he 
immigrated, right? He, he's an immigrant from Zambia, and it gave perspective when, when Sonic was talking about his experience in Kenya. Amit said he could relate to those challenges that was were discussed um, and some of the issues. So um, just really cool that there's, you know, shared experiences. Um, you know, it just felt like a very good... I mean, Amit Pai is an awesome human individual um, and before you even knew that. I love that he referenced his his uh, X or Twitter handle, at Dosing Matters. And, you know, you can tell Michigan men through and through because I think he accepted that in a Michigan tie. Can't confirm, but looked like it from a few tables back. Um, and then the Robert M. Ellenbaugh Service Award. Uh, Herbert Patterson won this award from UNC, and he had a virtual acceptance speech. And I just kept thinking the whole time, is this the Academy Awards? Is this the Oscars? Getting virtual ceremonies, but I love it. Uh, one thing I want to highlight is he had great advice for professional organizations in joining him. Uh, you want to limit it to two. You can't do it all. And you want to find a pharmacy home wherever that is. So that's you know, some of my advice. So I always, when people smarter than me kind of have ideas that I have, I am always like to be sure to uh, relay those. I think that's great advice. Um, our current president, Elizabeth Farrington, won the Warren E. Weaver Richard Penna Award. Now, one thing, presidents, the ACP presidents are probably going to win these awards. You got to have someone else introduce the award. She introduced the people who were introducing her own awards. So um, it wasn't that weird, but enough that like, mm, feels like we could probably do something about that. And then the person standing between us and the break, it was actually awesome, was Brad Boucher. And he won the Paul F. Parker Medal Award. And it was cool. He, he gave a little history lesson into who Paul Parker was from the University of Kentucky. And I think a lot of times we don't get the backstory as to who these awards are named after and things. So I thought that was uh, really cool. Um, they noted he was one of the first six Masters of Critical Care Medicine awardees. You know, he has such a long injury. He's done so many great things, but he clearly is so humble. He tried to get up and interrupt like the intro and Elizabeth was like, nope, we're finishing this. So uh, we got to hear about all of his amazing accomplishments. And then he even told an awesome story about how his two of his sons surprised him to be sure to be here when he got this award. So I loved that. Two other things of note, his unofficial title was the chief positivity officer. Uh, I can certainly relate to that. And um, he talked about three of the things he think is, thinks is uh, most essential is trust, consistency, and positivity. I thought that was uh, really well said from our critical care colleague, trailblazer from the University of Tennessee. So then after the much-needed break, we got the outgoing and incoming president's address. So the incoming president, Brian Hemstreet, um, a guitar was kind of the foundation of his whole talk and him playing the guitar. And it actually, I always like making analogies and things like that. Um, but the guitarist that he highlighted was curious to me. He highlighted Brett Michaels, the, the guitarist for, I believe, Poison, uh, the reality star. You know, not Eric Clapton, John Lennon, John Mayer, um, any of those. So, but... Lots of guitar and also tossed in a Spinal Tap reference. So one of his big takeaways was we need to turn it to 11, and I completely agree. So I'm excited uh, for the leadership that Brian Hemstreet can give to ACCP. And then, honestly, one of the best parts of the whole awards and recognition um, 
kind of ceremony was the Therapeutic Frontiers Lecture. Uh, the winner of that, Sandy King Gill from the University of Pittsburgh, and the title of the lecture was Expanding Our Understanding and Stewardship of Drug-Related Kidney Diseases. And she, she mentioned that she had a challenge that she was going to blow our minds three times. Challenge accepted. Now, I'm not going to um, spoil her discussion, but the first was, Maybe we don't classify AKI as pre, post, or intra. Maybe we don't use creatinine clearance as our go-to, and maybe we don't follow serum creatinine as our go-to looking for AKI. So um, an awesome therapeutic frontiers lecture. And then the awards and recognition ceremony ended with the, you know what, I'll, I'll say it the way that they were um, uh, introduced presentation of the fellows. I don't know why that was funny to me, but it was. So um, five critical care fellows, um, five FCCP inductees for 2023, Stephanie Bass, Mojda Hevner, Andrea Sikora, Zach Smith, and Melissa Thompson-Baston. What do they have in common? They may sound familiar because they're all previous guests and friends of the pod. Even Leslie Hamilton is a chair of the 2023 Fellowship Committee. So I uh, love that I'm, you know, some of these guests are clearly some of the best and brightest. So all of them, they went up, they got a picture and things, and they were given a paperweight. But the problem is when you hear that you're getting a paperweight, like I instantly think of a rock, <laughs> like a pet rock or something. So their, you know, their, their paperweight was like this beautiful crystal so we were trying to brainstorm different ways to call it, but I think paperweight undersells the gift that they got because I think it was actually way fancier than that. Um, other notable awards, JACCP Outstanding Reviewer Susan Smith and the Outstanding Student Chapter Award winner, the University of Nebraska Medical Center. So that was the marathon morning, made it through... Uh, Antarctica and getting to hear all the um, awesome things that our uh, colleagues and peers within ACCP and are doing. Um, so then led uh, walked around, did some poster rounds again. Um, you know, you see pharmacist researchers, they were students, residents, specialists, professors, you know, everyone in between. I thought it was uh, some of the research that they had was really innovative, not a lot of these Me Too studies. Um, so I'm excited to get to highlight some of those in more detail with the researchers themselves. Um, and then kind of the last uh, big uh, piece that we went to, that I went to, was the ACCP business meeting and the town hall discussion. So the town hall, the business meeting started, and in the last hour or so was a town hall. And then essentially it's we hear you, we're listening, and want to learn more. So um, this was in regards to um, questions about, you know, following DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, um, procedures, protocols, and things for award winners and, and things like that from social media, as well as the, the keynote um, kind of controversy. So um, it was kind of an open format. It was a little bit strange where everyone kind of went up there and just said, okay, go ahead. And it felt a little intimidating. Um, shout out to the those who went first. Um, they didn't necessarily have a big intro or setting the stage for us. Eventually we figured out more of the, of the info. And I think as more people started asking questions, more people started feeling comfortable. And it was kind of like, man, I wish we had, you know, 30 or 45 more minutes. Um, and essentially what would happen is, you know, there would be a microphone, somebody went up and, and the, the, um, uh, Mike Maddox and some of the other, you know, uh, 
presidents and a couple other board members would go up and answer some of these questions. So kind of like almost a Q&A format. And um, the one note that they mentioned, um, talking about a big change that's come from this, is that they, they've changed how they select their keynote speakers. So uh, Mike Maddox said that he said, not only in this session, but in a previous town hall that he said this, is that he picked the previous keynote speaker. I don't think, I didn't know. Um, and I don't, I don't know how, um, if most people knew that and that the board didn't necessarily know. Um, so the new kind of procedure will be that that ACCP staff in DC will still select the keynote speaker, but it'll get, have to get run past and, and approved by the board now. And then they'll look in that procedure at that, um, procedure in the next couple years and make sure it doesn't need uh, further tweaks. So, um, lots of great discussion, lots of people asking really good, um, tough questions. And it is a, a testament to ACCP that they had this and they're listening to these things um, and making sure that, that some voices are heard. Hopefully, you know, things come from that. Um, a couple other things of note, there's a really cool session, the Clinical Pharmacy Career Path Roundtable. So this was a two-hour session that... There, you know, you had um, people of different pharmacy backgrounds at tables and students and uh, postgraduate trainees, they basically rotate through some of these tables if you had questions or things and you got to interact directly with people that you may have been passionate about, fields you wanted to learn more. Um, and, and these names are just a who's who of people uh, from the critical care side, Moshe Hefner and Susan Smith. Um, I know we're involved in some of this, or at least I thought it was Susan. I don't see her name on the initial sheet itself. But regardless, I thought that was really cool, really an awesome idea. And then I did one four-hour session. I couldn't do another. But um, there was a session comparing apples and oranges, what to do when guidelines don't match. So the Sunday was... The Sunday was really good. I wanted to be sure to pass along some of this information, a little less clinical stuff today, but we will be back. We'll highlight some more clinical things. We're going to look to get a few of the clinical speakers on, be able to highlight some of their some of their uh, talks, findings, ask a couple questions similar to what we do for the research thing, similar to what we did for the SECM recap. So more to come. Very excited. But... For now, great little mini recap um, of part of Saturday and Sunday, early 2023 ACCP annual meeting. So if you're in Dallas, if you're at the ACCP annual meeting and you see me, definitely come say hello. Got some uh, pens, sharpies, and things to give away. So come say hi. I always like meeting friends of the pod. Um, And... Uh, reach out at pharmacy to dose, TO to dose, uh, classic email, pharmacy to dose at gmail.com or the website, pharmacy to dose.com. And until next time, I'm Nick Peters, and this is Pharmacy to Dose, the Critical Care Podcast. The Critical Care PRN optimizes drug therapy outcomes by promoting excellence and innovation in clinical pharmacy practice, research, and education. For more information, go to critprn.accp.com. Again, that is critprn.accp.com.
The podcast provides general information only and does not offer individualized medical or professional healthcare services, including pharmaceutical advice. The contents and materials in the podcast are not intended to be a substitute for inpatient pharmaceutical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Use of the contents and materials in the podcast does not constitute a pharmacist-patient relationship. As a result, the information in and materials linked to this podcast are applied at the user or patient's own risk. Users and patients should consult their physician or personal healthcare professional. Users or patients should not ignore or delay seeking care because of something they heard on this podcast. In case of an emergency, the user or patient should contact their physician, call 911, or go to the nearest medical emergency facility. The views and statements expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and should not be interpreted to reflect the official position or policy of ACCP or the Critical Care PRN. ACP and the critical care period disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or any other damages, including without limitation, loss of profits arising out of any use of reference to, reliance on, or inability to use the podcast, its contents, and materials.